Hey everyone, this is Trauma Drama, and we are your hosts, Kaylee and Nick, and this is where we discuss surviving adulthood. We can probably agree that we're all pretty fucked up and that it affects us every day, whether we know it or not. I used to think that wasn't me, but if you come from a family, live in our society, go to school, experience love, sex, and friendships, then you're in the right place. Kay and I are going to break down everyday life and problems that come from managing your drama post-trauma. Let's fucking do it. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Trauma Drama. My name is Kaylee, and that is Nick, and we are so excited to have you back. We have a lot of really, really good stuff happening today, so I'm going to pass it over to Nick to introduce our show. Yeah, all right, everybody. On today's episode (laughs) of Trauma Drama, we discuss sweet and sours. Um, We have a topic today, and it's about how do we talk to our parents about trauma that comes from inside the home. Ouch. Um, yeah, ouch. And then we have a surprise topic. So um, it shouldn't be a long one today. Super fun. Um, let's get started. Uh, I'll start with my suite. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, you go first. I, um, it's it's just fall. I I love I love fall. I love Halloween. I think I do love it so much because like my wife loves it so much. So yeah. the house is decorated. We have colorful lights up. It's, uh, we're going to start to watch um, the Harry Potter series because she's never seen it. And I what? think- I, I think there might be one or two that I actually haven't seen either because I wasn't a huge fan of Harry Potter. So, <gasps> but I want to be. I I love that like genre that it's in. I just for some reason was more of like a superhero kind of like kid. Like that was what I watched more. So, um, I never knew that about either of you, and strongly feel that we yeah. need to all reconsider our friendships because uh-huh. I yeah. don't know if I can move forward because I watch Harry Potter on repeat. Like when I'm at my like saddest or lowest. Yeah. The nostalgia of all eight Harry mm-hmm. Potter movies really does it for me. Um, Jesus, there's eight? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> it take us two years to get through. <laughs> How long did it take you to get th- through Game of Thrones? Like, literally. The whole, pand- the whole yeah, pandemic. Literally one whole <laughs> academic year. <laughs> yeah, it did. It took it. Uh, it's really bad. But Well, um, we, we, we chose it between Pirates of the Caribbean, Star Wars, Marvel. Mm, That's intense. That is intense. Which is, it's my favorite, which obviously... Right. Um, I would have loved to have done that one. And then Harry Potter. So she, because she hasn't seen any of those. Wow. Yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean is really good though too. I'm not a huge fan of Pirates of the Caribbean, but I feel like it is one of our like adolescent staples. You know, like Mm -hmm. we definitely, that was like a big thing was Harry Potter, Pirates of the Caribbean, Hunger Games, um, Twilight. Twilight Twilight. was huge. All of those I watched just in nostalgia. Like, yeah, and, they're and so you're rewatching bad. Teen Wolf now. Oh my God! So. Speaking of, <laughs> I know oh I God. had to describe to somebody the other day what was happening in Teen Wolf with just emojis. I don't know why, but we were just like communicating only in emojis, and I was Jesus. trying to conceptualize what virgin sacrifice would look like in emojis. And I pretty much what'd you fa- what'd you come up? What'd I you failed come up with? pretty bad. I did like one knife, one engagement ring for like a purity ring, and then like okay. one one peach. But I could have done the suggestions and the feedback I got from the humans that I was communicating with was like, what about a bride? What about like another sort of like needle or something? I was like, God, yeah, I or just really a human missed, involved yeah, in the emoji. I really missed the mark. But moving on, that I'm interrupting and going on a tangent about your sweets. So oh, please. no worries. Yeah, no, it was just sour. fall. Um, yeah. My wife decorated the house and it's amazing. So it really like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's weird. I don't know if that's going to happen like every time or if this is the first fall we've been in like this house where I've seen her decorate. I hope it happens every time because I feel like a little kid again. <laughs> it happened every time when you all lived at her mom's house. It did. But like you couldn't really tell where her mm. creation started and Julie's like sure. ended. Yeah, so that makes sense. Now it's it's a little different now. Yeah. And I, I was agree. also getting all to myself at night and Ooh, I'm just like so vibing spooky. out on the couch, kind of <laughs> high, watching movies. Yeah. And everybody's asleep. And uh. so. That's really special in the home that you own. Yes. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, yes, I am financially successful. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, what's your sweet? Oh, you don't want to finish with your sour? You want me to go first? Yeah. Yeah. We'll do both sweets and then okay. sours. My sweet is pretty exciting. Um, I want to like keep it vague just to start. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, as most of our listeners know, I'm was going through a breakup and still going through a breakup. Um, and it's been just over a month since um, Johnny and I had broken up. And That's it, huh? Yeah, just over wow. a month. 
Yeah, which it's weird because it feels like forever, but it feels like no time at all. all I have no sense time. of time. Yeah, you so have a pretty poor sense of time. That's it. Oh, fuck. So I honestly thought it might. I was going. I would have said three months if you asked me. I would have said three months. <laughs> really? It's actually not terrible. Yeah, that's true. I was going to say, does it have to do with the amount of times that we talk? Because I feel like other than the podcast, we don't talk all that much. We talk a lot. We talk a lot Just now because, because of the podcast. <laughs> so usually you'd be like, yeah, I talked to Nick like three months ago. That sounds right. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. I understand that. Yeah. So maybe our last like non-podcast talk yes. was three months ago. Probably. Um, but yeah, so that happened just over a month ago. Um, it's a weird sweet. I'm not done yet. <laughs> you fucking dick. Uh, you already know too, which is so frustrating. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. So I am... Lightly, but excitedly dating and like Ooh. engaging in like fun sort of sexy times. And okay. um, so it feels, it feels really good to like, you know, kind of get back out there. And I, yeah. I, I'm not ready to like date again, I don't think, but I'm ready to like explore and have Just fun. mess around a little and, bit. And like be reckless and like feel love. You know, that's like yeah. the, the, the biggest part is like I feel my, my cup was so empty for so long, and now my cup is starting to feel full again, which That's feels good. really, really exciting. So That's I'm really excited cool. about where I'm at. I'm excited about the idea of dating and, um, like, really, really love the, like, people that I'm engaging with. So Nice. That's yeah. cool. Good sweet. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. It is really yeah, cool. I'm, yeah. That's all you want to share? Yeah. That's all I want to share. Okay. Very fun. Oh, thank you. Um... All right, my sour. Uh, the Apple Store. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> I feel like all my sours have been around technology. I'm really sorry to our listeners. I was just taking a sip of a White Claw and almost spit it out because I didn't know that that's what Nick was going to say. <laughs> yes. Um, so that's why I was late to okay. this recording. Yes. Um, so my appointment was at 2. Mm-hmm. I went to get my iPad fixed. Um it's not a big deal. It got fixed, but I got okay. I got there at I got there at two oh five and I walk in and I'm like, Yeah, I'm here for an appointment. They're like, cool. Here, sit right here. Um, someone will be with you shortly. Cool. So an hour goes by, it's three o'clock, and I'm like, I should probably say something now. Like that's my cause I don't it makes me very uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, hey, excuse me, where's where is any help? Because like yeah. I get told that every night at work. So I was like, Hey guys, like I know you're busy. I just wanted to know I have something to do at four. I need to get going. Mm-hmm. And they're like like, oh, yeah, what's your name? I'm like, Maggio. And they're like, oh, oh, dude, you're uh, a... <laughs> I know, it's, I'm in Carlsbad, super surf city. Oh, uh, dude, yeah, your your appointment's been canceled. I was like, oh, no, uh, fuck that. It's not. I've been here for an hour. Can I, can I have someone to help? And they're like, yeah, we'll send you someone over. Okay, send me over. It took like 30 minutes. It was super quick. But it's just, why didn't that get caught when the person signed me in for That's my appointment annoying. yeah and walked me and sat me down someone will be right with you like in the waiting room and i'm right. just sitting there like what the jesus <laughs> that's horrible and for yeah, an so, hour i definitely would not have waited an hour i think my cap would have been like 25 minutes and i would have been like excuse me i really need some help i'm just a girl pretty, <laughs> yeah it's pretty impressive yeah yeah oh excuse me hello um yeah an hour felt good yeah and then i was trying Jeez. to get like hey can you hook me up with a cool case for making me wait for an hour they're like no i was like Fuck this place. Ugh, Jesus. Did you get whatever you needed to get resolved, resolved? Yeah, so when I got this iPad, it's new. The sure. software that it came with wasn't up to date. Mm. Or like the app I, I needed help with wasn't up to date. So the iPad was, but the app wasn't. The app that came with the iPad. It's, it's just iMovie, so it's already on there, right? So I never downloaded it. Yeah. Um, so they needed to like install something into my shit. So mm. yeah, it got fixed. Okay. Well, good. That's your sour. Um, my sour is, it's pretty complex, but it's also, it relates really well, um, to the transition into our topic. So I don't want to like dive too deep into it, but I want it to be kind of like an overlay of Mm -hmm. here is what I'm thinking and how it, how it translates into what we're going to talk about. So I don't introduce the, uh, the topic because you, you just naturally do. I just wanted to stop you before you did. (laughs) Do you feel good about saying that? I, I have one job. Thank you, Nick. And you, yeah. Thank you. I'm glad that that fed your ego a little bit. I appreciate that. <laughs> no, I'm being I'm, humble. I have I, I have one job. I'm Please kidding. let me do it. <laughs> I know. I'm joking. <laughs> yes, crying. I promise. I will. 
<laughs> Kaylee never lets me do anything. <laughs> no, I promise I will not introduce the topic. Okay. Okay. What, so my, what's your sour? My sour is that um, I had therapy today, which was good. However, in therapy, we talked a lot about, like, you know, my current life situation, what's happening with my breakup, and, like, possible new datings and new relationships and, like, new love. Um, and I talked about all – I actually used your narrative a lot, Nick, in that conversation. And I asked what's her – What's my – what was my narrative? I asked her if she could help me emotionally declutter. <gasps> oh, I said, Did she like that? She loved garbage? it. Yeah, she loved it. She was like, oh my gosh, let's untangle the ball of yarn. That is your yes. brain. And I said, thank oh. you. Yes. I need to just sort. I need to like figure yeah. it out. And so she like helped me get organized and talk through different emotions. Um, but she introduced me to this sort of topic that I haven't really heard before called a negative core belief. Have you heard of that? No. Okay. So she explained it to me and I'm, I'm still working on understanding it. So forgive me because it's new to me as well. But she talked about this being a, a trait, what she says therapists call a maladaptive trait, but in like trauma therapy and restorative therapy, you just call it adaptive because it's not bad, you know, but you just adapted to this trait as a child. Um, and this trait helped you survive, right? It helped you survive through your uh -huh. childhood. But as soon as you didn't have to survive anymore, it still was a core part of your personality and in adulthood became a negative core belief about yourself. Okay. So, um, do you have an example? I was going to introduce the one that I okay. kind of found, you know, through this conversation. So I was talking about breakups and I was talking about, you know, starting new relationships and issues with like self-esteem and hurting other people. And she like brilliantly said to me, she's like, you have a negative core belief about your needs. And I was like, oh, hmm. what the fuck does that even mean? Yeah, I'm, I'm very curious. I want to hear more. Yeah. So she was like, it sounds like, you know, you feel like you are going to continue to hurt Johnny. It feels like you feel like you're going to continue to, you know, not be in a good relationship in the future and that you're going to continue to do this and do this. So there was a lot that there was negative ideology. A lot. Around. And a like lot. the core of it, right? So that's why it's a core belief. She like really mm -hmm. dug in there and was like, I'm finding and understanding that your negative core belief is that you are a mean or a bad person when you put yourself first. Oh. And that explains so much of my childhood. That explains so much of what I needed to do to survive. But as an adult. That explains a lot. Now is a really serious core value of mine that impacts me negatively. Yeah, because just a couple episodes ago, we were discussing careers and yes. why you're in yours. Yes. And I said, what's your ideal <laughs> lifestyle yeah. and you you like started that and then made this long ass journey just back to my ideal career and i'm like no 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 like and you can't think of yourself that's crazy it is crazy so it's exciting i mean my it's my sour because i something feels like vulnerable and icky about like uh -huh. learning those negative you know hard like dirty water under the bridge things about yourself um but i'm i'm hopeful i think it's like a no that was that was a really good sour. That's a good, uh, yeah. in the sports world, we call it a spin zone where Whoa. it was kind of negative, but you like, oh, you you spun it. We should try to figure out a new term for that. Okay. It's not a sports podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, I appreciate your feedback and I'm excited to keep updating you and the listeners about where that goes and what that journey is yeah, like for me. That was so. really good. That was yeah. a good sour. Thank you. And it does go right into our topic today. So again, our topic is how do we talk about our trauma with our parents and mm -hmm. that trauma that came basically from the household that they created. So yeah. we're not pointing any fingers, mom and dad, but ah. what what the fuck? <laughs> cheers. What? Yeah, cheers. So what the fuck is right? Like, first Thank, of all, yeah, I, I would like- Thanks for having me. I would like to acknowledge that one, neither of us would be here without our parents, so. Yeah, hey, God bless. Yeah. <laughs> Pour one out for you, but yeah. <laughs> also I'm pretty mad at both of you. Yeah, um, I didn't need to be born. Yeah, yeah. I was not ready. <laughs> my neck is still fucked up from my birth. Being stuck in my mom's ribs. Just leave me in there. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That God. got, that got, that went sideways quick. Yeah, so that's it for today. Yeah, um, thanks everybody. <laughs> um, no, I I wanted to start this topic too by, by talking about like, trauma that happens in the home. Um, and I don't know if this is true for you, but this was true for, for me and my experiences. Like 
when I grew up and things were happening to me in the home, um, everybody in my whole fucking universe knew about what was happening and did nothing about it. And like my teachers, my coaches, my doctors, my grandparents, my uncles, my aunts, my my everybody that was like an adult figure in my life knew what was going on um, and chose not to take any action. And I think like I want to extend the like in the home trauma to like things that happen to us as young children that involve family systems that involve like surviving our youth. Um, and I don't want to expand it outside of like those other experiences that, mm. you know, we can't conceptualize without talking about wait, that we can't conceptualize, yes, I want to just talk about things in the home or, like, as as children. But I think that's important to acknowledge is, like, things that happen in the home, to me, feel just as much at the fault of those that witnessed it and did nothing as it was the people that were causing harm yeah. to the children. And, uh, but, yeah, and I, I agree and appreciate that. And mm-hmm. before we keep going, when we if we give you advice or what to do mm-hmm. talking, we're talking about dealing with the non-sociopathic non-borderline personality disorder person who is non not a narcissist who can take the feedback Mm. right so Mm -hmm. when we get to the point in this topic of actually sitting down as an adult and discussing that childhood trauma yeah it's really important that you know who you're talking to yeah and to go get the proper help and have a script absolutely to do it especially if you're dealing with people who have some uh, unhealthy emotional tendencies no absolutely Um, and i think you I think you bring up a a great point because like you've done it like you know I think that's why I wanted to talk about this today because in one of our previous episodes you talked about the kind of conversation that you had with your mom and how your mom was angry about the podcast and said that everything Mm -hmm. was wrong um and like I just pictured like if anybody could handle that if anybody could have that conversation with their parent it's it's Nick and then I don't I think it was you who brought like we rounded out this idea or brought this idea did you bring this idea I think you did. Yes, I I did, but yes. it was from the last episode. Yeah, yes. I did bring it. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, but like that's as we were talking about it, that's what I remembered thinking was like, oh, Nick can handle that. Like you've done that yeah. before. So what has that Thanks. been like? What was that like for you? Thanks. I appreciate that. So well when it happened, I got really pissed and I actually like thinking I was like, fuck, I could have handled that better. Like mm. that I I pride myself in being able to think of every possible solution that comes right. or every possible situation that could present itself so I don't react that way Mm. and I didn't see that coming and Mm. that was my fault um Mm. I should have but I I had a previous conversation with my mom about it like hey I know you're gonna react this way when you hear (laughs) the stuff I have to say so don't listen or listen and just support me yeah that's it right so I had it so I didn't anticipate having it again and again that's my fault um but yeah I did have to stand up to both my mom and my dad and they were both very different. And mm. I think that's why I always say my mom fucked me up. My dad did fucked up shit. There is mm. a difference. Wow. When So again, you got to handle each situation differently. Yeah. So um, I forgot your question. <laughs> so you said you had to confront them both. Like how did you get prepared? Okay, yeah. Like how did you prepare for that? How did you know yes. you were ready? When did you know? Like I have a hundred questions. Okay, so leaving the scenario I was just talking about with the podcast. Well, we already didn't talk about that. Um, I was forced to have the conversation with my mom um, at a very young age, and I was always bouncing back and forth between being the parent or trying to drill into her head that I was the child. Hmm. Um, And to this day, I still have to decide which one I want to take. But there's nothing wrong with acting like an adult and having clear set boundaries. But there is a difference between educating your parent mm. or being husbandized and being that parental figure for the other parent. Those are kind of where that line you don't want to cross that line. Yeah. Empower or enable. Yes. Ooh, yeah. That's good. I like that. <laughs> I, yeah. You already said that to me. Huh? Know, yeah. That was like... good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I heard it all over again. I felt the same emotions. No, um, please continue. So I guess when it started was in high school, I had, a, I had to have that conversation with my mom because she was still like really important in my life. I yeah. was still a kid. I, had, I, was, I was under her kind of, like I needed her mm-hmm. still. Mm-hmm. So before I got to a point of emotional, financial dependency, um, I kind of had to you know jump through the hoops with my parents, play the game. Um, but with my mom, it was a lot of like, she actually really helped. She, the main 
like the main iceberg of this, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. like the main piece under the water was she totally abandoned me, said, mm. you're not my son anymore over something. Like a parent shouldn't say that to their kid no yeah. matter what happened. Like even if they murder someone, I yeah. feel that most parents are like, I don't want to turn my kid in, you know, they're mm-hmm. just always there for them. So my mom closed that door on her own. So it allowed me to be like, okay, I don't have a mother right now. So when she came back into my life and wanted to be there, it was really the power of that switched. Now mm. I'm in control, mom. Mm. So until Nick got the help he needed emotionally, I used that power to like, not manipulate her, but like manipulate the situation. Like, hey mom, I don't want to be treated like this because I didn't know anything yet that was right or wrong. I just knew what like hurt. And I was like, this can't happen. If you want a relationship with me, like a new relationship with me, this is how it's going to go. Mm. Not going to be how it was. Yeah. Wow. That is really powerful. Yeah. And I think we like, we have a similar story in so many ways, but it's also so different. And I think something that we don't necessarily acknowledge is like the difference in our like therapy styles, because I think like yeah. we were given so many of the same tools, but it was called different things, you know, like, yeah, I love, absolutely. I love hearing you say like, oh, I needed to have the power or, you know, relinquish the power or take on this role or take on that yeah. role. And like so much of my therapy was about survival like that was the big word it wasn't power it was how do you survive like what are the boundaries Mm. that you need to set to feel safe and loved on a day-to-day and sometimes I wish that I I wish that for women survival wasn't the baseline and I wish you know I wish that I was empowered and encouraged to cultivate power in the same way that you were um Mm -hmm. because I think that that was that was missed a lot in in some of my young therapy yeah. you know that's cool because i i did yeah. want to bring up since we we did go through a similar thing but the the differences we took it's yeah that's a really cool point it does yeah. probably have to do with our sex because mine mm-hmm. was like setting up for myself and like you always saw like in the fairy tale movies the yep. the main character the man is defeating the dragon yeah so i had that early conversation with my mom and I was probably like 18, seven. I might've been 17. Like I was definitely still in high school. So I think I was 17. We were the so same okay. age. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fucking age. It's crazy. Super. Like I, I forget truly that these, these things happen to us in the exact same points in our lives. Yeah. So it gnarly. is really weird. Like yeah. we were like going down the same exact yeah. path for mm-hmm. so long. I know. And then the, the divergence is the really cool part yeah. because we get to analyze that. And stuff. But, um, so yeah, I had that conversation with my mom moving on. I'm with my dad now. And the issues started popping up because I was the head of the household, even though I was a mm, kid. But mm-hmm. the power my mom gave mm. me right from an early age to con- like, hey, Nick, mine and your dad's relationship are your responsibility. Your dad and your sister's relationship are also your responsibility. Whoa. And my happiness is 100% your responsibility. Ooh. It's like, okay, I understand all that, mom. Don't worry. I won't let you down. Right? So ah. when... <laughs> Now, yeah, that's unhealthy, everybody, if you haven't clued in. Makes me want to, like, do this. Yeah, no, definitely hold up the X. Yeah. Um, So then now I'm with my dad. live with my dad. And this is pretty normal, actually, for... And my dad got newly married. So this part is normal for newly married couples. They want to restart. So I got new rules on me, new... Mm. how Like, new rules on me personally, um, new household rules. Um, I got very... It got very structured, like... I used to be able to be like, hey, I'm having some friends over. Cool. It turned into a party. No one cared. Um, now it's like, how many people were here? Mm. There was a drawing on the table. It looked like a girl's handwriting. I knew you threw, like, I know you threw a big party. Tell me. And it's Whoa. like, I didn't. I had three dudes over. Kobe draws like a girl. I don't know what it tells you. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it got really, really weird and upside down yeah. and twisted around. So that unfortunately ended with my dad and I's separation. I was kicked out. And we later had an interaction because his wife reached out to me. Mm. So I was like, sure. I was assuming my dad wanted money or something from right. school or something I owed him, right? Jeez, um, I know. Bef- I, I remember. Bef- bef- no, it was a lot. Before I get into the conversation I had with him, because it, it's a big one, do you mm. want to jump in and say anything? Yeah, I think I can. Um, if you want, I can I can tell my story and meet right where you're at, if that feels yeah, comfortable. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, I think um, my story is a little bit shorter than yours because my um, my process was very like factually like this is it. And I think that's a 
a trait of mine that I don't know how I adopted it. I don't know where it comes from, but um, I... Is it similar to how I handle things like it's my own road? I don't know who made these lanes. I'm going to make it my own and do whatever I need because I don't see things black and white. But from what you just said, it sounded like you were handling it as black and white. Yes, I was handling it as black and white, but I have... Yes, yes and almost. Because what I was going to say was that I think you know this about me, Nick, but I... We'll develop new relationships and like that's one of my best qualities is like developing new relationships and meeting new people and I You're literally be, Jessica Day. I am Jessica Day. I know. I won't sleep until you like me. <laughs> I won't sleep until we're best friends. I actually need you to be my best friend or I'm going to think about this for days. Um, like it really disrupts my day-to-day life. But I can be pushed. My boundaries can be pushed. I can be used. I can like end up in some pretty abusive relationships. But I have yes. a threshold. And when somebody crosses my threshold... I turn on my I do not fuck with you anymore mentality. I will cut yeah. them out of my life cold turkey, not look back, not feel anything about it. And I don't know where that comes from. Like I don't I I have it too. And yeah. it's something we can't control. It happens. It's the emotional decluttering. Right. But Absolutely. it's a very like, ah fuck, man. I don't yeah. really want to push this person out. Oh, there they yeah. go. God damn it. I can't stop it. <laughs> and right. And so my my side of the story, like when I I'll just talk about from like, you know, maybe 15 to about 16 or 17. Um, okay. I, I had a lot of things that happened in my life before that, but that was really the big kind of chunks of it um, was I was living in a house with my parents, my sister. Um, my dad was still working full time, functioning alcoholic, would, you know, pass out on the couch every day, get up and go to work and, and then kind Hurrah. of like rotate and do the same thing, work, Mm -hmm. you know, 12, 14 hour days. I would be in charge of dinner and the household because my mom didn't work, got disability um, and was high sun up to sundown. Um, And so I was in charge of taking my sister and I to school, making sure we got food. Um, I remember I used to have to go to school with my dad at like 630 in the morning and school didn't start until way later. But my mom physically couldn't get me to school on time and it was too (laughs) far for me to physically walk so Uh I would go to the Starbucks at like 6 a.m. and that's where I would do my homework that was my like only safe place which is I think how I became a morning person too because I had to sit there and like drink coffee as a 15 year old and do homework because I was like managing the house and a homework and a homework person you love homework I I love homework (laughs) I love to learn so so that was happening and then um, my dad's company relocated. Um, and so the company moved down to uh, close to the border in San Diego is in Imperial Beach. And so my dad said, fuck this. I'm not commuting. I'm going to buy an apartment closest to the plant and I'm going to live down there. Your mom and I are still in love. Don't worry. Which was like such mm. a fucking lie. Yeah. Um, and so then I, at the time, the boyfriend that I was dating got kicked out of his house for doing drugs naturally 16 years old my boyfriend moves in me my boyfriend (laughs) me and my boyfriend at the time and my mom started doing drugs together oh fun 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 fun. so it'd be like whoa mom it's after school you want to go get high and she's like yeah i've been high all day i'm like that's cool so we cultivated this like really weird toxic relationship my dad wasn't in the picture my sister is 13 14 and like Mm. experimenting in other parts of her life that were really harmful and so all that being said, the big kind of moment was when I was I was 17 and my mom had overdosed. Um, and there had been like lots of instances before that. But I remember my mom overdosed. She survived her overdose. And in that span of like three days, I told my mom, I'm almost 18. I'm taking Cassie out of the house. Like I'm going to handle this situation. And she said a lot of the similar things that she said to or that your mom said to you was you're not my daughter you're not in charge of me oh, you can't take yeah. custody away from me who the fuck do you think you are and my dad is out here cutting checks saying yeah go to cps <laughs> adopt your sister i don't give a fuck and i'm like <laughs> oh, sick shit. all right dad you're not gonna come yeah. up your wife's in the hospital you don't care and he's like i got things to yeah. do it's like cool he's like just um, take this check god damn it take what care do, of it what here's what a, you want? yeah here's a grand like go to go figure it out and i'm like <laughs> yeah. okay shit this is as much milk costs right <laughs> like, i don't know i'm don't so know. disconnected <laughs> and so i then um we went to my grandparents' house for like brunch, whatever, like a few days after that. My mom's still in the hospital. Cassie and I are just like living at home by ourselves. And um, I, my grandparents are like, absolutely not. They were the first to ever intervene in my life. And they said, you're coming to live with us. That's the end of it. You're starting therapy. You're going to college. And I said, sweet. 
that sounds good. Damn. My sister said no. My sister stayed behind. Um, so that was like really hard on our relationship. But long story short, the main conditions after that big event in my life was that I told both of my parents, I will have a relationship with both of you when you are sober. To this day, my mom still cannot admit that she has a drug problem. And to this day, my dad is, you know, two years sober and still doesn't want a relationship with me. So that's so hard. And I think like that's why my experiences here are a little bit more factual in that my conversations don't necessarily lie in my parents because that does nothing for nobody. They're never going to apologize to me. They're never going to admit that they hurt me or, or my sister. They're never going to take accountability for their actions. But the people that I can get validation and things that I need from are the aunts, the uncles, the grandmas, the teachers, yeah. the coaches, the humans that saw it that knew what was happening and chose not to do anything. So I get to be mad at them. I get to have conversations with them. So that's where my story lies in this conversation is like, what the fuck, Nana? Why didn't you intervene? (laughs) Like, Yeah, for real. Yeah, so that's where we're caught up. Okay, that's good. And I think the stretching it out to outer families is a really good idea too going forward. Um, Yeah, that's really fucking hard. And I think part of the reason why my parents and I had a little bit more of success was because there wasn't the drug issues. Yeah, yeah, right. So like that's just one less boundary I have to set. My mom does have some like pill issues and Mm -hmm. stuff, but and you know her, but when she's out of hand, she's almost funny to like be next to and witness. No, so Kayla loves my mom. Like Kayla loves being around my mom because she is the most batshit crazy woman. Yeah, in the entire universe, and like we. So I guess I, I'm trying to look at my mom in a similar like in some, but some things still frustrate me. Right, but you have had conversations with your mom, and you have a relationship with her, which I've always found is so like powerful and wonderful but also i find it so interesting yeah i know and we can dive into that so much more but yeah. we but we keep staying on topic topic yes. yeah yes. staying on topic because i do i love i love talking about it too mm-hmm. um so yeah going to my dad now so now i'm i think i'm like 22 i'm kind of growing up i'm almost done with college i might be about to graduate um with you know he when he kicked me out, he also took me off of like everything. So health mm. insurance, car insurance. He took my car in the middle of the night because it technically was in his name. Mm. Um, I remember and that. Basically yeah. said, you know, yeah. He said, uh, "Good luck. I don't know. You're such a failure anyway. It doesn't matter what I do." And I was like, "Wow, okay." Um, so with my back pretty much to the wall, I had a lot of help from the O'Leary family, and they mm. kept me in and gave me a roof over my head so I can be successful Absolutely. in the academic life. So that was cool. Shout out to them. Yeah. And. So back to my dad, we did reconnect and we were seeing each other without speaking of what had happened. Like Mm. no one talked about how he kicked me out of the house. No one talked about anything that went on, went wrong. So when it did need to happen, um, it was when I wanted to introduce him to like my fiance, who I was going to marry. Right. Because it's different. She's different than my girlfriend when you knew her. And I'm different, too. Like, so I had to like tie off loose ends, I guess, Mm. before I introduced um, her. So I walked into my dad's house to have a conversation with him and in the backyard. And when I was walking through, I grabbed a picture of me as a little kid. I saw mm. it on the shelf. And that really was what swayed him. I don't think it would have went as successful if I didn't do that because a lot of my counseling was focused on the inner child. Wow. So when nice. I'm talking to my dad wow. and telling him how much fucked up shit you did, he's looking at me like, what do you mean? You're super successful. You're a grown man stop being a pussy and it's like okay that's fair like i understand why you'd say that but so here's actually who i'm talking about Mm -hmm. this little like six-year-old kid you have a picture of like that's who you betrayed that's who you let down that's who needs you to like say what i need you to say so yeah it's a a very emotional Uh, yeah very very emotional (laughs) nick is watching me start to cry (laughs) i think this is the first time i've cried which is surprising considering our topic i'm usually a big old crybaby so um, part of my trauma response is absolutely no emotion. Hmm. So I'm very, very sad right now after and, speaking uh, yeah. of this because it's very, very, very sad stuff. And I'm but it flooded also, very, with like, emotions. Yeah, you can't stop. So like, yeah, I don't know. Part of it is just like I don't ever want to show my poker face because I might have to, I might have to beat you in a in a verbal argument right Whoa. now. Right. So that's <gasps> do you just think, more trauma. Do you think that's a negative up. core belief? That everybody's out to get me? No. 
<laughs> what do you mean? No. Yeah, not at all. I don't even There's understand. There's nothing negative about me at all. <laughs> Absolutely is a negative core belief that <sighs> I att- I think that and my moral like compass of like Whoa. how how to be successful, yeah. I think they are they're just too tight mm-hmm. to split up. I don't think I would be as successful as I am today if I didn't think everybody was out to get me. Yeah, wow. I only only thought that because the two people who were supposed to love me the most and unconditionally both betrayed me. So if mm. they are going to both betray me, everybody is going to. So yeah. unfortunately, it's a trigger response and you can yeah. see the spider web of it. But continuing. <laughs> I had to like, Yeah, continuing. Uh, I had to <laughs> re-explain to my dad everything that happened and wow. all the way from my childhood because he was... He's a wow. very hard worker. I didn't know He's that. A, yeah. That is a lot. All of all of it. It was a three and a half hour conversation. Oh, my hands are sweaty. Whoa. And I, ha- I, I, I came in with a written essay I was going to read. And we diverted a little bit, um, but I felt comfortable enough to do that. So, and before we get too in the weeds of this, when we end, we'll, we'll give all of our advice and solutions because I'm, we're throwing a lot at you guys right now. I know. But, this is a, such a good episode, but so yeah. much good content. So I know. I know. I know. Um. So where was I? We are talking. We are getting places, but he still has a ton of questions. Mm. And like, he's still not quite on board. So I got to go back and be like, "Um, you weren't home Mm. because you were working. And thank you so much for providing for us. And you really gave me a very strong work ethic. Thank you. But when you weren't home, (laughs) Mm. I was the husband and the father. Mm. And mom depended on me. Lauren depended on me for everything except financial support. That's the only thing they depended on you for. And you weren't there to pick up the slack for me, so then it was all on me. Wow. So, Dad, wow. where we had our issues was when we were living together without Mom and Lauren, but with your new wife. Mm. And now you thought you were the head of the household, and I just kept... And I told him, I swear to God, I said this to him. I already had this conversation with him. It's like, Dad, what are you talking about? It, I used to run this. Like, I, we talked about it, because I was wow. kind of always emo- a little emotionally with it. Wow. And so he didn't like that at all in the original conversation. But the second one we had, he was much more responsive. Yeah. And he really understood that he let me down. And he was able, I came in with an essay and a prompt of exactly what I wanted him to say for me to move on. Mm. And if he couldn't say that, that was fine, but we were gonna have to go our separate ways. And I was also emotionally prepared to say goodbye to my Whoa. dad because he couldn't do it. And I'm very fortunate that he was able to apologize for everything and tell me exactly what I wanted to hear. That so. is incredible nick and also like showcases so much courage so i just want to like take a moment to Thanks. congratulate and like honor the courage that that thing that that took i could imagine to do that and i like i admire that a lot so well done thank Congratulations. you i yeah i it is one of the most proudest absolutely moments in my life yeah it, as there, it should be there are a lot of adults like my parents and yep. probably your parents who never stood up to their parents mm-hmm. and then they took it out on their kids. Mm-hmm. So it's really important. And then the cycle repeats. Yeah. It's really important to stop that if you can. Yeah. So. Well, and I think that's it's so incredible to hear you say, because I, I think most of the conversations that I've had with my parents, um, you know, since I separated from the house revolved around, like, I only saw them at major family events. Um, I, you know, through grad school, I relied somewhat financially on my parents, but um, through the end of grad school and now into my first like full-time professional position, uh, that was like my last kind of tie to my parents was uh, some financial support. So um, yeah, I, I, I understand that. Yeah. And so now that I am like financially, emotionally, socially independent, I have no urge to reach out to them. One, because my dad doesn't want anything to do with me, right? but because my mom hold, holds nothing over me. And I think that that was a big part of like my anxiety around having conversations with my parents was like, but they'll like, they'll take love away from me. They won't love me anymore. They won't, um, they don't, they won't care. They'll be mad. They'll, they'll do something like this. Like my mom used to like steal money on my bank account and it's like, oh, she'll take all my money and like, that's going to be horrible. And so I think it was just like, it, it rests a lot in fear as I'm sure it did for you. And I think, um, I don't like, I don't want to give this advice, but I want to say that something that was really powerful for me was waiting until I was at a point in my life 
to be 100% independent, to think about having that conversation so that there's no transactional measures on the table. Mm -hmm. Like, so that I can actually say, okay, if my parents are out of my life, they're out of my life because they're not in it anyway. And like that feels really like good, but also kind of like sad and scary. And, um, and I want to, we'll talk about that in the solution part of this topic because I a hundred percent agree and I want I want to hit that home. Absolutely. But I have a question for you yeah. about this. Ooh. If So since you're, unfortunately, it's really, really sad, but your dad doesn't want anything to do with you. Mm-hmm. Um, your mom is not sober yet. Correct. This topic is about talking to your parents mm-hmm. about the childhood trauma or any trauma related inside the home. Yeah. So if you got the opportunity to talk to your dad or mm. if some of our listeners are in the same boat, do you have a plan for how you would handle that with your dad and your mom like separately I want to talk about it and if you don't yeah that's cool but I do want you to take a guess at it I I am 1000 million percent more prepared to talk to my mom than I think I ever will be to talk to my dad um I is think, that because of a father-daughter thing I think no I think it's because um my mom's abuse was more overt like my mom's lack of ability to care for me was more clear than to me as a child than my dad's like my dad's passiveness and my dad's um enabling and my dad's like these big things that i didn't understand as a child i was like no like dad pays for the house like obviously he loves us but i would get in this mentality as a kid of like mom's supposed to make us dinner she's not making dinner what the like she doesn't care she doesn't love us um and you know through all the times in my childhood when or I'm sorry, I shouldn't say childhood, and all the times in my young adulthood where I would have conversations with my mom about like, mom, you're still not sober. Mom, you're falling asleep at the dinner table. Mom, you fell asleep on the patio chair outside with a lit cigarette. Like, you are not okay. She would say, what are you talking about? Like, no, everything is fine. I am good. And so like you mentioned in the beginning of this episode, we don't argue with narcissists. We don't argue Mm -hmm. with sociopaths. We don't argue, you know, with people that can't receive us. And I think for the longest part of my life, neither of my parents could receive me. And I don't think that they still can. So I want to like switch your question and say, Mm -hmm. if I was prepared, I would be more prepared to talk to my mom because I've done that before. But... The people I want to talk to are the witnesses. The people I want to talk to oh, yeah, are yeah. the the family members, are the humans that are like being witnesses to this and not doing anything. Um, and I've had those conversations before, and it always is sparked at um, like family events. So like one yeah. of my biggest pet peeves is when I go to the a family event and I like represent my family. You know, my sister used to live in another state when I still lived in California. Neither of my parents obviously could attend right. <laughs> any sort Unable of event. To get there. <laughs> and so I was the representative of the family. And so great aunts, uncles, cousins, whoever, where's your mom? Where's your dad? Oh, how is your mom? And then I say, horrible. She's full-time walker, wheelchair, <laughs> and a drug addict. They'd be like, she looks, Kaylee. She looks like the letter L. Yeah. They'd be like, Kaylee, don't. Oh, my. Oh, my. Are you okay? I'm like, don't. No. No. <laughs> That is, like, my boundary, and I, like, I'm so – one of my biggest pet peeves is when people don't acknowledge, like, the elephant in the room. And so I try Mm. to do that and say, like, I need to acknowledge this right now. I don't know how to solve it. I don't know how to make this conversation happen, but I need to just acknowledge it because that's going to take us in the right step. So I think my step one with my family, my extended family, my aunts, uncles, whoever, is, like, acknowledge it. Like, see that I was hurt by this like and that's I think what I try to do when I have those conversations is ask the people that I'm talking with first what I need from them and if they can't honor that we can't continue a conversation and I also would have to probably reconsider you know a relationship yeah no absolutely and Mm -hmm. I think that's that's really powerful because it is interesting I wonder if you would get the same because you get emotional satisfaction you feel like you were you get what you're owed when these family members kind of you know yes own what they did yes right so i wish i wish you could do that with your own parents mm, thank you nick i appreciate that but I it's all, you know they yeah they chose that so yes, they i hope did. you don't have any guilt mm. no i it's I think really hard for a kid not to have guilt yeah thank you i i did a lot of exercises were they bad were they good i don't know but i went to a lot of weird therapy when i was younger and i did a lot of um practicing 
mourning my parents, you know, mourning the loss of them. Wow. Um, even though they're still alive, like I get to mourn the loss of that relationship. And it's been, you know, almost, you know, I'm really bad at math. How many years? <laughs> Eight, whoever. Yeah, however. I can't I can't keep track of I time. I know, it's really bad. So however many years and like I've mourned them and like I've yeah. mourned a life without them and um, they won't be a part of my future aspirations or life or family or whatever I choose to build and um and that's okay because I'm okay yeah no and that's good you yeah. you love yourself yes and that's most important and I love I, you too but uh, thank you Nitz. I love you too I think no, I think um the last thing I want to say is that uh, when I was the most lost I took to academics when I was the mm. most lost related to what to do with my parents, I studied psychology. I got a degree in counseling. I looked at the objective facts that could tell me how to approach these situations. Yeah. And that gave me, my brain, so much ease. Like that gave me so much. What if you just said instead of ease, power? <gasps> you have a you have an amazing Nick! understanding of psychology. Ah! How could... How could you be on the wrong side of an argument when you Whoa, know more than the other person? Knowledge is power. You slayed your own wow, dragon, Nick, girl. That was really impactful for me. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Wow. I, for our listeners, like now, you know, we do actually like each other. Like, yeah, we, we do. We're at, there. We're there we for each other. We are actually friends. Uh, well, I think we've been talking already for far too long. It's been, that was a very long, very long segment, which we're not done with because I do want to add a solution segment cool. to this. Yeah, so that's kind of new, and I yeah. just shot off the hip, but I really liked it because there's a lot for this There one. was. I think so that's I can, great, Nick. I'll go first, and okay. I'm sure you're going to have a ton of stuff, more <laughs> academic stuff to say. And I'll try to make it quick. Um, but again, what you talked about, when you're still under your family's foot or whatever, you're emotionally dependent on them, financially yes, dependent on them. You're wow. living with them rent-free while you go to school. Mm. You don't pay for anything. You're on yeah. their own car insurance, health insurance, phone bill, Hey, Dad, can I get gas money? You know, like that's not the time mm. to have this conversation with your parents because they can start. This is my household; it's my rules. You want to suckle at my teeth? You're gonna have to deal with it. <laughs> you know, it's just like they have a ton of mm. leverage, so much. So the first thing I did when I was making the change, like I feel this is going bad, Dad. Mm. Let me let me do some stuff. New bank account. I couldn't get him off mine. Oh, Nick. Yeah. Yeah, when you said that, I was like, yeah, I I did that too. Oh, so, so smart. Uh, I couldn't take him off, so I got a whole new one. Mm. Um, started building credit immediately. Yeah. Um, credit was kind of fucked because of them. Um, different story. But start that. There's many ways to do it. Um, and then start working on like yourself. Yeah. Inner child work, I yeah. think, is really good. I'm sure you might have different opinions. But mm. with that inner child, I do believe parents... There's a better percentage of your success in the conversation if parents are looking at you like they looked at you when you're an innocent little kid who it was their job to protect you because they mm. lose that as you get older, some of them. Um, I don't know if I said boundaries or not. You didn't. Yeah, I didn't. Okay, cool. Um, I want, before I say boundaries, an essay. If you do have the opportunity to have a conversation with your parent who you're trying to express to them the traumatic experiences as a child and how they're affecting you now write it down because it's going to get heated it's going to be emotional you might start to cry and your brain you're going to have scatter brains so it's yeah. much better write it down first um then you can refer to it as you go and you can really jot down like what you need out of the conversation because anger and like what you need mm. anger is going to like cover that up so much you yeah. got to work through that yeah. before you have a triggering conversation yeah absolutely and then end it with boundaries like here's what we need going forward mm. just so everybody's clear and you know leave room for some grace because we yeah. are all still humans no absolutely and i think those are three really really huge pieces of conversations that i wish i would have learned when i was younger i wish i would have learned earlier yeah. in my life and i think my solutions are like rooted in individual experience and individual identities. Like I want to say first that nobody's experience is the same. Nobody no. is the same person. And every single person is going to deal with this differently. Um, and Nick will disagree with me, but I think there's no right or wrong way to do this. Like there is no right or wrong way to talk to your parents or to talk to people who caused you harm. But I, I think if I was to give advice, um, the things that I wish I would have done is asked for help sooner 
um, and like utilized my like free and available resources. You know, talking to your school counselor that is free, mm-hmm. talking to somebody that you trust, um, you know, with your information. But also something that I found as a kid that I, I really found a lot of power in was whenever somebody asked me about how home was or how I was doing, like I was honest. Like I told my story as much as I could so that one, I could find like I could find people like me. I could find, mm-hmm. you know, similar experiences and I could feel empowered enough to continue through my journey. I could get advice. Um, I could learn from them. And so I think, um, you know, leaning into your support systems, leaning into to resources. And then I also think that, um, like, the last thing I want to say is that it doesn't have to be a try and a fail. Like, you can try to have this conversation several different times so you see fit. You can try and it cannot work. And you can go back to the drawing board and try again. Um, you know, I think, yeah. like, that is something I really want to say, too, is, like, I've had I've tried so many times and there's a point where like I said you draw your line and you say I actually don't fuck with you anymore I'm actually done and like I'm okay with moving forward so I think um those would be those would be my sort of solutions and me as a counselor and a psychologist would be remiss if I didn't say if you need resources um (laughs) if you ever have questions about how to approach these situations um please don't hesitate to reach out to us um or to me um, through our Gmail, and I'm happy to provide those and to help in any way I can. Yeah, no, those are great, great solutions. I agree with all of them. Oh, I, good. I thought you were going to yeah, disagree no. with the there's no right or wrong way. No, I mean, obviously my way worked the best, but there's no <laughs> right or wrong way. <laughs> obviously um, I'm superior and you must do what I did, or... No, no, but you did mention school counseling, and yeah. I... I did that as soon as I started college. Mm. I did it at Palomar, yeah. my private university, Cal State San Marcos. Yes. Every college I went to, yes. I immediately went to health and wellness. It's like, and got I that need shit fucking law. help. <laughs> yeah. Somebody pay attention to me, for God's sake. You're right. Jesus. And I do think it's more of the masculine, maybe, side mm. of me. Like, money, you got to have that shit unlocked because they're going to try to control you. Well, you got to do, you know what I mean? Yeah. It is a little different. And I think on the flip side, there's a lot of male presenting or identifying humans that, like, don't seek counseling or feel that it is, you know, emasculating or difficult to seek. Or weak, looks weak. Yep, to to seek therapy or to seek to, you know, support. So I think it's really empowering to hear that, um, you know, that you seek it and endorse it and like love it and still do it. Oh, (laughs) yeah. I would go into my, I I want a female counselor, please. Okay, (laughs) first first meeting. Why are you in here? Why'd you pick a female? Well, I don't trust women, so I wanted a female (laughs) counselor. Like, what the fuck? I hate all women and I need to change. Yeah. (laughs) Please help me, miss. So that's funny. Be honest. Be honest. That's enough. That's a good point. But Uh, yeah, that was good. I, I like that. I like the solutions topic too, because we can, we can spiral and talk Mm -hmm. for hours if you want to. Um, but all right, well that closed out that topic. Yeah, I know. (laughs) This is our, this is long. I love Um, it. Going into our surprise topic. Yes. we'll, We'll wrap it up. Um, beautiful. So I had the pleasure of selecting our surprise topic for today, um, and I specifically chose something that both Nick and I have not heard of or do not know anything about. Um, so, oh, good! More shooting from the hip, from Nick. <laughs> Strap in, everybody. Here we go. <laughs> so the topic, um, Nick, have you ever heard of cancel culture? Yes, uh, Christopher Columbus. R.I.P. <laughs> No, incorrect. That is not I'm pretty sure he got canceled, but whatever. He did get canceled, but because Absolutely. he murdered and or canceled several human beings in a really... Well, we're not, we're not 100% sure. Oh, God. Okay, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Moving on. Yes, Christopher Columbus did get canceled, and you are right on the money with what cancel culture is. So um, I... In, on this website, um, thebestschools.org, they describe cancel culture refers to rapid boycotts of public figures, companies, and media after they say or do something that is considered objectionable or offensive. Cancel culture usually stems from call-outs on social media, which can rapidly spiral into uh, yeah. mass shaming or harassments. Um, Good. And <laughs> Goody. <laughs> 
So moving on, cancel culture uh-huh. also um, has condemned high-profile figures accused of sexual misconduct, racist jokes, transphobic beliefs. Um, it also um, is used to hold white people accountable for racist, entitled, or demanding behaviors following viral social media posts. So my question to you, I, I guess I want to say first, there's a, the last few pieces about like what supporters of cancel culture say and what critics of cancel culture say. So do you think that it is, are you in support? Are you in criticism of the idea of cancel culture? So our surprise topic is cancel culture yes. and if we support it or not. Correct. Hmm. <laughs> uh, do you that's like that actually, one? Yeah, it's good yeah. because it's going to get controversial because I... I mean, okay, coming from a white male's perspective, okay. like there's just some things that like do bum me out about what happened in the past, right? Like that's like I wish they could be different. What do you mean? Say more words. Like I think a lot like if you ask the white person if they're racist, probably all of them are going to say no because that's like isn't aren't people like the most afraid of being called racist? Yes, I've like, heard. Like that's kind of like what they Uh-huh. So I think a lot of people are really trying to think of the right word. Okay. Uh, sad, frustrated that like I wish I could go back and change everything that happened. Mm. I wish I could use my white maleness right now mm. to go back and fix the shit that other people did. Okay. But I can't. Now I just have to change and be different going forward. Okay. So I think there should have been like a line like, okay, going forward, <laughs> you can all get canceled. Yeah. Okay, because times are different now. Before, it's like a, an 88-year-old man and you just go and like kick him in the shins. You fucking racist piece of shit. And it's, oh, fuck, he's all, you know, it's like. <laughs> it's like, let's are let, let's let him. Are you you wish you were born in a different era? Hmm. No. no. I think we were born in a in a very like cool time of like change yeah, and stuff yeah, yeah i think if i was born in a different era i probably would have had an easier time mm-hmm. <laughs> being you know okay. who i am but okay. i don't mind any of that shit like i still have the most privilege in society than other people so yeah. i'm not like complaining at all i'm just saying it wouldn't be fair to go up and beat that old man up because he's he is racist it's probably more fair let's just let him go he's too far gone but let's be better and move on and try to change stuff like let's mm. build bridges because i think some people and what my main goal of this podcast is is to build the bridge between who i used to be like mm. four years ago and who i am now so i feel like sometimes the cancel culture can turn back that clock a little bit i guess that's mm. a good point because it could frustrate the people who should be making change i have two points Not, yeah yes go ahead. i was gonna say i have two points to say i um one of my nearest and dearest humans to me right now just gave me um, an example that was pretty similar about like creating change on a one to five scale. Like one is the person that you feel is the most like you, is somebody that you like don't have to convince or change to be any differently or has like similar, you know, views to you. And a five is like, we are totally opposite. I'm never going to convince them of anything different. And like you want to live, she had said, or they had said in the one to threes, like you want to support and you want to put your energy and you want to try to like, communicate and like change the ones to the threes but the fours and the fives why waste your time okay i like that i feel like that was where i was i think it's where you were trying to go too but my perspective on cancel culture is like fuck yeah cancel the fuck out of everybody Mm. who is not creating a better world especially those that are public figures that are in high power that have spaces to make change. Like, I I am yeah. so for canceling all of our big humans right now that are on the chopping block. Like, fuck them. Fuck them all. No, and I I completely agree with that. Like, my thing was, yeah. like, like from now on, mm-hmm. assholes, we're doing this way. And if you can't get on board, then fuck off. Yes. Right? Yes. But, like, tearing yes. down, like, statues or, like, uh, mm. the Washington Monument, it's just, like, Come on, like, let's not, let's just, let's try to move forward. But it's really easy for me to say that mm. coming from the position I am. But again, if I could go back in time and change all that stuff, I would. Yeah. But I can't. So it's like, can we put all of our energy? Let's stop focusing on that four and five, like you said. Right. That's that's kind of my, my vibe towards cancel culture. Yeah. And I think, like, it's 
something that I I wish I could convey more about cancel culture is like, um, like the the critics on this article of mm-hmm. my a bit of cancel culture say um, that it is unfair and indiscriminate to rush to judgment that relies on a mob mentality. Um, and hmm. the supporters argue that cancel culture is long overdue way of speaking truth to power, enabling marginalized people. And so that's, yes, like that is where I am at of like, yes, absolutely speaking truth to power, enable like long standing resistance to like break down abuse and prejudice. However, I think like, I wish that more people, especially more young people, did more individual research, created own opinions about things, um, and then made their decisions about hot topics. Like, I think that that's something I would want. Yeah. And that I encourage all my students to do, that I encourage all the young people that I work with to do is like, well, what kind of research have you done? Like, tell me. I don't want you to educate me, but I want to know more about your perspective. Like, I let's engage in this conversation. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's my that's my take on cancel culture. Yeah, no. But, Cancel culture, that was a good that yeah. was a good surprise topic. I like it. That was good. Does it Well, I think I think that's it. I think that's it. I think we've talked for a really long time. Yeah. But um I know you said it earlier and I just I appreciate you and I, I love you, Nick. Love you too. Follow us at Trauma Drama Podcast on Instagram and TikTok to see show updates, video highlights, and much more. And DM us for topic suggestions, corrections, worries, concerns, or love and hate. We upload episodes every Monday and Friday. Tune in for more. Thank you.